Hi, this is Mitch. Today is the second installment of the Tuesday afternoon podcast, and I have been paying attention to politics closely for the last week. But I don't want to start with that. I think politics is too heavy, and I find it too stressful to start there. So I went to a balloon festival this weekend. It was uh, it was here in New Jersey. It was in a town, I think it was called Reddington, New Jersey. I'm not sure what the name of the town was. And it was a place where they were going to be launching 100 hot air balloons. And I really had no desire to go. I didn't really want to go. I don't really care about hot air balloons very much. Um, I don't want to ride in one. No desire to do that. But my wife has been wanting to go for a couple of years, and she really was nagging me. And um, we, you know, we did it. So it was $40 a person to go to this balloon launch. Um, and it was also, it was, supposed, it was a festival. So there was going to be music, there was vendors, and it was at an airport. And it was at an airport with small planes. So, you know, we got there, it was hot, wasn't a big deal. Um, the planes were there off to the side. You know, when you get there, you kind of walk up the runway, which was different. I mean, I like that. My son liked that. So you walked up the runway. And the first thing you did is you walked in and saw, you know, all of these vendors. And uh, that wasn't included, obviously, in the $40 to get in. Obviously, I mean, of course not. I didn't expect it to be. You know, vendors are there to sell stuff. And there were a lot of food vendors. Um, and, you know, the typical tchotchke vendors were there. Um, this was in a, I wouldn't call it a rural area, kind of like a very, very semi-rural area of New Jersey. Um where it was sort of, it's sort of like, this area is like, it's sort of a suburb and sort of a farming area, but neither, you know, so I don't, I don't know what you'd call it. Um, but one of the things that I found distasteful, uh, as I kind of, we walked in one of the, you know, one of the first, or not the first, but one of the initial vendors we saw after we saw maybe the first five or ten was this bozo who had a corner area who was selling all of these anti-liberal t-shirts um and politically obviously i think trump was a buffoon is still a buffoon and terrible and um you know i i i tend to be if you've ever followed me when i talked about politics and used to podcast and write about it i'm obviously a progressive, but, you know, and I'm trying to not live in that space anymore. I'm trying not to obsess over politics anymore. I write about cryptocurrency now, which I don't really like doing that either. I like doing this. Um, You know, so I'm not like 24-7 in the political thing. Um, You know, but when I, I I don't know, I mean, this was kind of a, a... 
it was a, a it was a you know it's a balloon launching right it was like you don't need your shit there I, I look I wouldn't have wanted to see a you know anti-trump stuff there either I, I'm gonna be honest full disclosure I wouldn't be appalled by that but I, I don't want to see it and I you know I don't want to see this vitriol this nonsensical vitriol um I, I mean the, the, and, and the things that the t-shirt says a lot of them were just a they they were offensive, um, not just because they were anti-Biden, but the things that they were saying. The, it, it was the typical right-wing, you know, stupidity. Their their effort to be creative and witty, and and and, and there's a reason why there's no talent in that space. It's the reason why you know all the talent is in on the Democratic side of the aisle because it actually takes a, a modicum of um, talent and intellect to create, you know, comedy. And, uh, you know, the conservative Republican pro-Trump comedy is just, it's, it's, it's pre-adolescent, it's, it's, you know, pre-pubescent, childlike stupidity. And then what they do is because since they're not really funny or witty or snarky, they just go into pure, you know, offensive, appallingness because that's 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 the the gift i guess because that's what trump is so these shirts these it was all t-shirts and and one was honestly dumber than the other and um you know it wasn't like you can't blame the i i don't i don't blame the the festival for this but um i guess i do you know i had paid forty dollars a person which was my fault i can't blame the festival for that stupidity but um that, there's no reason to allow that to to sell a spot to this kind of a vendor in this kind of space. I mean, a Trump rally, you just you know, let them be there. You know, um, a political rally of some sort, but this was just dumb. Uh, anyway, irrespective, it went past that nonsense, and otherwise the vendors. I mean, it was kind of cool. I guess you could say there were tons of food vendors. As I mentioned, there were people selling belts and glass things and Indian clothes and, you know, just all kinds of of interesting stuff. None of which I wanted. Spices. My sister, my brother-in-law were there. They bought spices. Uh, The guy who was selling the spices was a trip. I wanted to buy spices just because he was so cool, but I didn't. So anyway, we... We walked around this for a while. My son was kind of losing it because it was hot and bored. We There was a guy that got shot out of a cannonball, so we watched that. And, you know, he's kind of into that. Again, nothing that was of a $40 value um, at all. So we and then we, we found out about halfway through it, there was a good chance that the balloons weren't going to launch. My wife lost her mind because we spent all this money and the balloons weren't going to launch. And it had to do with the wind. And you can't, you can't, you kind of can't get mad about that, right? If you're dumb enough to spend $40, not, I mean, it shouldn't say that. You're not dumb if this is your kind of thing, right? It's not, it's not dumb. I, I have no right to judge people about that. I shouldn't be a buffoon when it comes to that. But if you opt to spend $40 for a, in, an event like this, you should be willing to accept the fact that you know, it might not happen because if the wind is bad or in the bad direction or too much, it would be unsafe 
for the balloon pilots to take off. So we, we were all kind of fed up. We were ready to leave. But we figured we'd go out to this field where the balloons were launching and at least watch to see if maybe, maybe they would kind of come out and blow up a few of them. You know, not blow them up, but, you know, like, not kaboom blow them up, but, you know, like inflate some of them. So we went out, nothing was happening, nothing was happening, getting ready to go home. My wife noticed that there was a red flag, and she noticed the red flag went away, and she's telling me the red flag is going away. I'm telling her, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're not a balloon race, you know, aficionado. You've never been to one of these things. That, that just might have been a flag that was up. She's like, no, it means they're going to go. Sure enough, although I, I doubted her, I shouldn't have, because just... A few moments after that, an announcement came over. Hi, everybody. The, you might notice that the red flag was up, and now the red flag is down, which means the winds have shifted in our direction, and the balloons are going to go. All right, that seemed kind of cool. He didn't say the balloons are going to go. He said we're going to, there's going to be some action in the field. Well, I, I honestly didn't think we were going to see much of anything. And, all, and also, to me and to everybody who at least I was with, it looked like there were just four or five balloons in this big field. I, I, I mean, there might have been some more balloon trucks and stuff out there, but I just saw the four or five balloons that were in the field. So I didn't really think anything was going to happen. I thought maybe, you know, a couple of them would, get, would, would inflate a little bit and we'd see them sitting on the ground. It took about 20 minutes and all of a sudden, like, these four balloons that were on the ground were inflated and they... One of them went up, and that was very exciting. It was like watching a rocket launch just because we'd been farting around for so long. And um, But then another balloon goes up, another balloon. Then I see more balloons inflating. And then I, I, it, was like, um, it, was, it, was, it was like they came out of nowhere. There was a shit ton of balloons. They were everywhere. I, and I, 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 I'm not kidding when I say I didn't see them. How, and I, how do you not see, you know... You've seen balloons that fly up in the air. They're huge, right? So how do you not see those balloons? And I, I don't know. But this is a very anticlimactic story now that I'm getting to the end of it. And I apologize for wasting 10 of your minutes. But you're here already, so you might as well stick around. Because, you know, you need to know what the end of the story is. And you already do know. And the end of the story was that at the end of it, it was magical. It was wonderful to experience this there were there had to be 50 60 70 balloons I don't even know how many and just one after another going up and it really was cool it really was in the end worth the 40 bucks I'll really never need to do it again and I'll never spend 40 dollars on a balloon event again but it's I'm glad I did it once that's what I'm saying. I'm glad I did it once. So what else happened this week? We have a contractor who's working on our house. Um, we wanted to get the siding done on the house, the windows done, um, some work on the inside of the house. Not tremendous, just some work on the inside of the house and some stone on our house some step repair, some some other stuff. So this job actually started back in um back in October. 
And the contractor we have is just, he's a mess. He's a, he lies all the time. He doesn't get anything done. Eventually stuff sort of gets done. This is a job that should have taken three weeks. That's now heading into 10 months. So we had him here a couple times uh, during the week. So hopefully we'll finish that. I'm not going to talk too much more about that because I, I don't know. I don't think that's that interesting to discuss. So in politics yesterday, there were, Biden announced the assassination of Zawari. I think that's how you say, it, say his name, one of the 9-11 masterminds. You know, it's a big moment for the U.S. Um, you know what I'm thinking? I guess, I mean, obviously when you cross, when you juxtapose Biden to Trump, it's, you know, that just, just the juxtaposition of the two different people is stunning. I mean, when you had this, this fool um, in Trump, this self-interested, narcissistic sociopath juxtaposed against really anybody who isn't that. That's a big difference. But, you know, Biden's obviously taken a lot of heat uh, from the right and from the left for, well, the right is obviously, you know, really out of control with it. But, you know, they're, that they're saying he's mentally ill, which is what Trump was. They're saying he has borderline dementia, which seems more like a Trump. They're saying he's incompetent, which Trump was. There's a lot of, is it called transference going on, you know, for Trump supporters? Um, but Biden is old. I mean, he's, 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 he's not a young man. I mean, you know, so, and his age has been, you know, has sort of affected his, what we perceive as his energy level, as his, um, you know, what we might perceive as his, I don't know if we would call it his enthusiasm, but, you know, his public persona, the way he appears, you know, you know, it, it, it's, it's, you can't deny that. I mean, he's not a young man by any stretch of the imagination. Um, he's ex- extensively more functional than Trump ever was, and he's remarkably more intelligent than Trump is ever capable of, of being. But, um, you know, but his age is it's catching up to him. And, you know, also his moderateness, for lack of a better term, I think on the, dem- on the side of the Democrats, his desire, his optimism, his desire for bipartisanship, you know, that has been what's been rankling a lot of Democrats, um, myself included, for a while, because, um, you know, we're not, we're not playing that game anymore. You know, you're not playing with the Republican Party, you know, a, a, a game anymore that's fair, that involves a sense of values, a sense of decency, a sense of statesmanship. I mean, if you look at Mitch McConnell... If you look at the Republican Party, not the Trump version of the party, the establishment, because the Trump version of the party is just crazy, anti-democratic and, and just generally off the rails anyway. But the establishment portion that's there, which at least for now, who knows how long it's going to last, is still the power brokers of the party. Um, you know, they're not playing, a, you know, a, 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 a decent game anymore. It's, it, it, it's, it's all about winning and about power and about control. Um, 
which is ironic since they're losing their control, totally have almost lost control of the party to right-wing extremists. But either way, that's somewhere the right is. But on the left, you know, we have been frustrated that Biden hasn't been conscious of that game or willing to accept that game and to play it the same way, to basically play dirty. Um, because it's it's a matter of democracy at this point, right? It's a matter of, you know, functionality of our government to, to that that's what they're, which, you know, is trying to save here. So, uh, the, so the left has been kind of frustrated with that. And, and, um, and, you know, even myself up until maybe about two or three weeks ago, I was pretty certain that I really didn't want to see Biden run again in 2024. And I'm still kind of not sure I want to see him run again. Um, I just don't think he's got the spunk to, um, I, you know, the, the spunk, the aggressiveness to, to do what I would like to see done, especially with people's rights being taken away. Um, I don't, I don't like that. So, but anyway, but yesterday, I, I noticed yesterday with the assassination of Zawari, and when I think about the legislation that's been passed late recently, the chip uh, legislation, the potentiality of passing this Inflation Reduction Act, which is not really an Inflation Reduction Act, but is a climate bill, amongst a few other things. Um, when, I, 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 when I think about how much this man has achieved and accomplished. And, 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 you know, you can't really compare it to Trump because, you know, Trump achieved no things legislatively except the, the one, you know, the big tax break. But, um, but it's, it's, it's not that I, I, don't, I don't see the sense to comparing him to Trump because there's no point to it. But Biden has actually done a remarkable amount of things legislatively, not necessarily through executive order, with a 50-50 Senate. I mean, that is remarkable. And if you doubt that, I, I get it. I get it. But just, you know, just hop onto Google and look at the legislation that has passed and how much of it. A good chunk of the legislation that has been passed is bipartisan. So, it's it's weird because we live in this era of no bipartisanship, but he's passed a good bit, you know, at the, during the Biden administration thus far. There's been a significant chunk of bipartisan legislation passed. So it's something to think about. And it's kind of got me thinking, you know, about what I'd like to see happen in 2024 with Biden. I'm still not there. I, I still think there are... Ro Kahana, you know, he's a he's a congressman. Um, I think he'd be a strong candidate. Uh, I don't think he's going to run, though. Um, Gavin Newsom, the governor of uh, of California, although he said he's, he wouldn't run. I, I'm skeptical that he wouldn't run, uh, that he wouldn't primary Biden. So we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. So I, I don't want to end this podcast on with uh, politics, because again, I I think that can be pretty depressing. Uh, I'm into plants. I have, uh, I'm just looking at them right now. I have, 
I have four living plants in the house right now, one dead plant. I couldn't tell you what any plant that I have is, but I like I like plants. Um, I just don't have a lot of sun coming into my house, so I can't put a lot of plants out. And then outside, I have, unfortunately, nothing really, except a lot of weeds and a little bit of mint and thyme, I have nothing really out there of, of value. Usually in the summer, I do a garden. I do a nice vegetable garden. Sometimes I get a yield, sometimes I don't. And I do a lot of uh, whatever flowers and hostas and stuff. I have this little kind of uh, retaining wall um, with, with like a little trough uh, next to my, it goes around my patio. It's a large patio that's falling apart, which is another story for another day. Um, but I usually have a lot of plants out there. But because again, this construction situation and 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 all the work that's not getting done but should be getting done at, and people would have been you know workers would have been tromp trampsing tromping going in my backyard um all summer long i never kept up with my plants so that's it i think it's about it for today i like to cook too by the way we'll talk about that another day but thank you for joining me for the twos oh you know what i want to talk about real fast um, something we're gonna. I'm gonna take this this podcast a little longer because I forgot. This is something I want to talk about. One of the reasons I'm doing this Tuesday afternoon podcast, I'm doing it this way, without being scripted, just thinking about stuff that might have happened in the week, whatever's on my mind, talking about it. And 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 one of the things that keeps peppering up as I'm talking right now is, and you might. I don't know if you have this too or something like it. You know, I, I for the bulk of my career, none of which has literally been satisfying up until about a week ago, um, I have always tried to do things that are polished, that are well done, that people will, that I think people will really like. Um, When I was doing the political podcast, I would write the podcasts out, I would read them, I would try to be almost like a reporter or like an anchor a news anchor with my voice, but then I would try to be like witty or funny, but I would try, right, to be this thing that I'm not. When years ago, when I was a, when I really wanted to be an actor, which I still kind of do, but I was actually acting, I was, I, I, for, and I, I did that, I started acting when I was in second grade, and I loved it up until I was in my mid-20s, uh, almost my 30s, and then I started to give up but that's a whole other story. I was always, I don't know if this is where I developed this habit or what we call this, what we call in Hindi. My wife taught me this word, a sanskar. But I always tried to be polished and to perform. And even as I started a writing career um, as a screenwriter, which never took off, and even now as I'm, you know, as, as a journalist, everything I do, all this work, all of my career choices, all the effort, not the choice to take a particular job or do a particular type of work, but the effort of doing the work has always been painful. No matter what it was, no matter how much I liked it, it's always been a grind because I've always been trying to be perfect. I've always been trying to be polished. I've always been trying to be refined. And finally, at 53 years old, I have come to realize what type of obscene, mind fuck that is what how un 
healthy that is and how deep my desire to be appreciated, loved, not ridiculed, perfect has been been, and how much that has, that thinking, that mentality, that need to be performative, how much that has damaged my career efforts for my entire life. I came to this, I do a lot of meditation, I like to meditate, I even meditate now, I'm going to do it after I get off this podcast, I go into TikTok live and I meditate. Um, And through my own process, and we'll talk about meditation on another day, but through my own efforts, by meditating finally at this age, it started to pepper up through my subconscious into my conscious mind that holy shit, I've been trying all these years to be polished and it's failed. It's all failed. I've never made enough money. I've never gotten the accolades that I've wanted, that all that effort being polished, um, I've wanted. And again, I don't know if it's because I trained so many years as an actor. And when you're an actor, you you perform, you, you, you learn, and you rehearse, and you rehearse, and you rehearse, and things get as good as they could possibly get, you hope, and then you perform. I don't know if it's from that. I don't know if it's, again, what we call sanskar, which is this idea in Hinduism, and I've been have a lot of Hindu influence through my wife, who's Indian. Even though I'm Jewish, I I, I kind of believe a lot of this Hindu stuff, especially the idea of past lives and this idea of sanskars, where you have karma from past life, which could be actions, experiences, whatever, and you take them into an, your next life. I buy into that. If you don't, I get it. You, you think this is nonsense? I get it. For me, I believe it, or kind of believe it. I don't know. So I, I don't know what it is, but, I, but as I meditate more on this, and now I'm trying to um, do stuff every day, multiple times a day, like this podcast that is unpolished, that is dirty, that is unclean, that is not um, performative, but just to the best of my ability that's honest, where that voice, even if that voice, like in the beginning of this podcast, if you heard me kind of struggling a moment, if you could hear it, if you go back and listen, you're going to hear these points in the podcast where I'm kind of forgetting what I want to talk about and say, because that's that voice inside of me that's saying, this sucks, Mitch, people aren't going to be interested in it, you need to go back. I mean, while I'm talking to you, I'm thinking this shit inside, not now because I'm rambling, which is good. But, you know, that since scar or that voice or that hyperconscience or whatever you call it that's always been in my head I think has been one of the most destructive characteristics in my per- within my personality but I think it has ruined my careers up to this point and I think in many ways it has ruined parts of my life don't get me wrong I have a great life and I, and, and 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 I'm happy in a lot of areas but I am constantly frustrated about my career. And I'm constantly frustrated about no matter what I do, no matter what I try, no matter what what work I do, eventually I get frustrated and annoyed with it. And I've come to realize it's all because of this need to be perfect, this need for people to appreciate the work that I'm doing. And so I've been meditating on it, trying to kind of bring it to the surface, trying to change it. Sorry about that. I use my phone to podcast, and it's probably not the way to do this. I use an app called Anchor, and eventually, if I as I get better at this, I'm going to stop using my phone. Um, and I got a call, and then it looked like when I got the call, 
the um, the anchor stopped recording, so I don't know why. And I don't even know. So I'm recording this as another, as a second part of that ep- of this particular episode of the podcast. So I don't really know how this is going to work. We'll see. Um, I don't even know how much you heard. I haven't listened to the first part, and I'm not going to edit this particular podcast because I want it to be kind of raw. So I, we'll see how this kind of what it all sounds like when it all comes together. But that's neither here nor there. So. Anyway, what I'm trying to tell you is I, I, I am working diligently to change this habit, this sanskar, this thing that permeates so many areas of my life where, where I need to be perfect, I need to be polished, because that has failed me as an adult. And um, it's interesting because I do believe in all of this stuff, like when you start doing things and you start moving in the right direction, the universe opens doors for you. It uh, gives you signs, all that stuff. So as I started meditating about this and noticing it, then, for example, I, I, I don't know, a couple days later, like two days later, or a week later or whatever, I happened to come across an interview with Ricky Gervais, the comedian, and uh, he was talking about how when he was a kid, uh, he was in a writing class and the teacher always told him to write what you know. And he kept getting C's and D's and stuff on his writing assignments. And he asked the teacher, why isn't it getting any better? And the teacher said, because you're not writing what you know. And he would like, because um, he was writing, I guess, the same theme that was popular in the movies at the time. So finally after, you know, he's, Ricky Gervais is a smart ass. And I guess as a kid, he was a smart ass too. He finally decided he was going to stick it to the teacher. So he tells a story where he's going to, Go with his mom was a home health aide or something like that, he said. And he's going he's gonna to go with his mom to one of her appointments. And he's literally going to write at this appointment exactly what happens. Like, my mom opened the door. My mom said hello. My mom gave the guy the walker. My mom, so it's such and such and so and so. Like that, literally just what he saw. And he thought this was going to be so boring and he figured he's getting a shitty grade anyway, so this is just going to help with that. Like he's not, it's going to tell, it's going to be a little message to the teacher that look, you told me to write what I know. This is what I know. This is what I see. So he did that, and he turned the assignment in. And sure enough, when the teacher gave him the assignment back, you know, with a grade, it had an A plus, and the teacher smiled at him and said, "That's what I'm talking about." And Gervais said that was the proudest moment of his life, uh, implying to me that that's where he learned to, um, that's where he learned to be imperfect, to just write, for him, it was write what you see, uh, you know, write what you know. Um, I have, and there's a whole other, I have a whole other issue about writing what you don't know that I, that I like too, but that's, that's not for now. That's a different story for another day. I'll, I'll con- contradict everything I'm saying right now. I don't want to do that. Um, so I took that and I tried that with what Gervais was saying. I, if I would go on Twitter Nobody, nobody responds to anything I do on Twitter anyway. But, you know, I would, instead of writing some polished political comment or something about crypto that I don't really care about anyway, I would just write, you know, similar to what I was talking about earlier, I have a couple of plants. There's four of them. I see them doing this. I see the, I went onto my Medium blog, which I don't do much anymore where I write stuff. And I, I was just looking at uh, I, we have a thing in our house called a butler's window, looking at the stuff on the butler's window. And, and um, you know, I just wrote what I saw. And I felt 
you know, that voice inside of me was saying, don't do this, don't do it, don't write that. Nobody cares, nobody gives a shit. But I, I, I'm defying that, that voice inside of me. Every time I go on Twitter, I look on Twitter 50,000 times a day. Every time I look, I have to write something. And it has to be something that is just real. And the one thing I can tell you at this point is, obviously, I had eight people listen to the podcast last week. I don't know how many more I'm going to have this week. This clearly hasn't done anything to change the trajectory of my career yet. But I've only been at this for a couple of weeks, meditating on it and doing acting on it, meditating on it for a few weeks, acting on it for two weeks. Um, And I don't know if it will, but I do feel better in my whole life because of this. It feels my life is better just because of this. That voice inside of me isn't so powerful anymore. That voice says it's not good enough, nobody gives a shit. And, and because that voice isn't so prolific, because that's changed, I just feel better um, all the time. I think I'm a little less crazy you know, now. And that's worth it. You know, I, I, I hope that career-wise I achieve the satisfaction that I want financially and in terms of the work that I want to do and the accolades that I want to achieve. And, 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 and I put something out to the world at some point that has value to people. Um, that's my hope. But at a deeper level, I'm already reaping the rewards of this effort. And if you have this too, if you are, if the great is the enemy of the good for you, and if you are limited, you know, to the, you know, if you're limiting yourself because you're not good enough, um, you know, just know that that's not real. That's a, that's a bullshit thing that however you got it, you got it. And it takes, it may take a, a significant amount of effort and, and conscious attention to do something about it, to change it, especially if you're my age and you've been doing this for decades. Um, but I do know that it's worth it. So that's it for today. Thank you guys for joining me for this second episode of the Tuesday Afternoon Podcast. And uh, I'll be on Twitter, I'll be on TikTok, doing the same thing in different ways, I guess, until next Tuesday. And until next Tuesday, I'll see you soon.